Welcome to another episode of the Dibbly Dobblers Cricket Podcast. As always, I'm your main host, Callum. And as always, I'm joined by producer, director, uh, interview extraordinaire, dinner lady, shoeshiner, I don't know what else. It's been a long season. I can't be bothered with this list anymore. Andrew, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, I'm not bad. How are you? Ah, not too bad. Um, as our well, I was going to say as everyone can see, but as our watchers will be able to see, I'm we're, we're once again not in the same um, location. Um, yeah. Apparently, my my work life just likes to be far too chaotic, so we now resign ourselves to doing this during my lunch hour. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's unfamiliar backgrounds for both of us, isn't it? Um, you've got an office. I mean, this is my is. office as well. I mean. It was my brother's bedroom when we were growing up, this room, but it's my office these days. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, completely unfamiliar territory for, for this podcast in both locations, but we will do our best to persevere um, and hopefully things go fine. I do think we've already discovered, Andrew, I think you're going to have to do all the reading of any on-screen graphics, seeing as there seems to be a delay in me actually knowing what, what's going on the screen. Um, yeah, probably. So it's probably better <laughs> that you just read them rather than there being a five-second pause and then I try and read them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But um, yeah, I suppose we'll, we'll see we'll... how this episode goes. Yeah, yeah. I think there might be a, a delay a little bit between our uh, our audio as well, but yeah, I think it'll be all right. Um, I suppose just for for the listeners and viewers' sake, what we've got coming up today. Um, We've got our usual roundups. We've also got an interview with Aberdeenshire's overseas professional and coach, Deanne Forrester. Um, so we've got that for you in a little bit. Um, but yeah, well, we jump into we jump into the results. Um, so it was the final round in the leagues. Uh, and we'll jump into the, the EPL first off. So here are the EPL results up on screen. Um, for for sure. Uh, defeated Watsonians. Um, Craig Wallace signing off the league season with another 100. Uh, I don't know how many of them he had this year, but quite a few, eh? It's a very good year, I would say. Five, five or six league tons, I think. Yeah, um, a lot, anyway. Um, Scott Cameron continued his good form with the bat with 62 uh, as they racked up 311 for eight. They then bowled Watsonians out for 171. Uh, Jack Hogarth last week said to us that he wanted to make sure he got all his overs in so that he could claim the, the leading wicket taker for the league. Um, he managed to do that and do that in quite some style. He took six for 33 um, and Jack O'Neill took three for 17 uh, as well. This, the graphic's been up there long enough now, Callum, so you can read through the next couple. All right, okay. Um, right, so yeah, we had Arbroath, unfortunately, finished off their um, disappointing season uh, with a heavy defeat to Alex Storfin. Um Yeah, just not really a great day at the office again for Arbroath, getting bowled out for 94 in response to 303 for six, I think. The, the, yeah. It is quite small on my screen, Andrew. So if I misread anything, <laughs> you'll have to correct me. Um, Falkland, likewise, I think they'll be pretty happy with how they finish the season as we'll go on the table. Um, you know, survival was always their thing. Uh, unfortunately, slumped to Heriot's, who Heriot's um, got some runs from Hayes Vandenberg, 
And one of the best names in cricket, Mackay Champion, with 47 as well. It's just a quality name. Anyone with champion in their name is just what what a way to be. Um, and then Stonywood, likewise, really with quite a disappointing season, um, aside from that fantastic start, as we touched on before, bowled out for 154, um, and Carlton chased that down with almost half their overs remaining and six wickets in hand. Yeah, um, so I'm looking at my screen and I can see that my camera has frozen on the um, one that we've got loaded up. So I don't know if that's going to work when we go back on the screen. <laughs> but hey, uh, I'm going to load the table up um, so that I can hide that. Um, so uh, EPL table final standing. So I'm, as you were from last week, isn't it? Uh, nothing has changed at all. Um, in both in both divisions that we have graphics for, there are no changes. It's quite surprising. Yeah. Spoiler alert! Yeah. Sorry. So <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, Heritage Champions are both uh, unfortunately relegated. Um, yeah, and we'll move on to the NEC, and everyone can now see a frozen picture of me because it's not working. <laughs> anyway, we know this episode's going to go really well. It's okay. It's uh, really, yeah, it's uh, technical issues everywhere. It's the same during the interview, but you'll hear that when we get to it. Ah, ho hum. Right, NEC results, and we're looking at the south section first. Meagle, they started their game at 12 o'clock, so an hour before everyone else, uh, and um, it was not far from done when everyone else started their games. Uh, they've all done the high school for me pupils out for 36 Majid Rashid uh, 6 overs 5 for 4 and Hayden Guest with 3 for 8 um, they got their 1 wicket down, I've missed a decimal point on that graphic when I've done it it didn't take them 93 overs, it took them 9.3 <laughs> um, no then wonder they won, they're cheating <laughs> yeah asking them to bowl all day long um, bit of an upset the the next one. I mean, I picked four for sure to win, as we'll we'll see later on. But I did not expect them to to win by such uh by so comprehensively against Perth Duket. So four for sure second eleven bold Perth Duket out for sixty eight. Uh, Fergus Duncan taking five for twenty one, um, and four for sure got there pretty comfortably seventy two for three, uh, taking just under twenty overs to get there. Um, and Fruki claimed a win against uh, Arbroath United as well. Um, so let's find the other ones. You want to go through the go through the north section? Go through the north section, not a bother. Um, right, so we had Aberdeenshire up against Stonywood Dice, um, and yeah, Stonywood Dice had Jan Stander playing for them. I noticed, I don't know if that was a strategical decision against their um, their neighbours. They thought, let's play him. Um, so, yeah, they made 178, it looks like, from here. <laughs> um, and uh, Dean Forrester um, got three for 28 to um, to round off a good season. But Lewis Monroe decided he wasn't hanging about at all in response and decided he was just going to bully Stonywood Dice. Bowling attack just to <laughs> crown off the season. Uh, I believe his 107 was off 51 balls. Um, yeah. phen- phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal ball striking. Um, just kind of really fault it. Um, Huntley 
uh, wrapped off a very, very good season for them. Um, I think it would be fair to say that when they got 121, it was like, hmm, this could, uh, this could be interesting. Um, but however, decided just to bowl Gordonians out for 68 and make it not interesting whatsoever. So that was nice of them. Um, yeah. And then on to the, the final game of the season where Andrew was hoping that Kinloch were somehow going to do him a good turn. And as I predicted, they did not. Um, so Strathmore got 207 for seven off the 45 and Kinloch were bowled out for a misery 57 in response. Yeah. Um, disappointing that one, I have to say. Um, so no, yeah. No, it was great. Nah, I'm not with you on that. Yeah, onto the table. Um, so Meagle are crowned uh, champions of the North East Championship. So huge congratulations to them. Um, and three, maybe three probably relegated. Our both we know are going to be relegated. Um, Dundee High School will be relegated as well. Um, and likely Stonywood Dice 2s um, alongside them, um, presuming that Meagle are promoted. Yeah, I mean we've gone on a couple. Yeah, we've gone on a couple of times about the sort of the fixtures this year and how they worked, and sort of have suggested we're not big fans of it. But I actually think when you do look at the end of season table, you take the EPL for example, and Heriot's ended up being quite a long way ahead. They were the only team on ninety odd percent. Um, but you look at the NEC, and we've got three teams above 90%, which is fantastic and shows that there was competition all the way through to the end, even despite yeah. the fact that Meagle have finished 4% ahead. It, it was still all the way down to the wire in reality. It is just a shame that these teams weren't playing each other more often. I know Huntley and Aberdeenshire would have played against each other twice or suddenly had two fixtures. I can't remember if both were completed. Um but I think it does just show you want the best teams playing against each other as often as possible. And I think, you know, hopefully it sounds like we'll get a return back to the sort of standardised type fixture list. But I really hope that is the case because I think it has been a shame that Meagle and Aberdeen, uh, sorry, Aberdeenshire and Huntley didn't get another pop at Meagle to try and, you know, register another loss against them to knock them off that top spot. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I'm just thinking through the the um scenarios and actually it will be that that bottom three will be down stonywood dice will be down and it's kinlock actually that are at risk if meagle are yeah. promoted isn't it yeah yeah um had got that slightly slightly mixed in my in my head um no uh yeah if they're not promoted yeah um yeah yeah everyone knows what you mean andrew don't i know what yeah i yeah it's one of those days isn't it <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I suppose we'll round up our look at the SPCU then and we'll have a look at the final tables in Division 1 and Division 2. Um, so I'll bring up the Division 1 table first. Um, with all said and done, Falklands crowned champions. Um, Perth Duket finished in second place. Obviously, they're not eligible for promotion because their first 11 are in the NEC. Um, so that avoids a headache for, for anyone that could be concerned by that. Um, so yeah, Falkland fully anticipate they, them to take that that promotion. Um, Largo in third, Meagle uh, into the, the top half, finishing fourth, uh, and then Bradalban fifth, who pipped 
Rossi Priory to that fifth spot. Um, we've spoken about that previously. Um, Glen Rothes in seventh and Dundee High School former pupils second at 11 um, down at the bottom in eighth. And we'll have a quick look at Division 2 as well. So St. Modens won that one um, with 13 victories from their 15 games. Uh, Kinloch, second 11, um, ran them pretty close. They finished um, just one victory behind them. Um, so, yeah, and then uh, Fruki 2, Largo 2, Falkland 3, and... Glenrothes, much like their first 11, um, finishing bottom of their division, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, that, that's how Division 1 and 2 finished up. So yeah, I final... think we're shaping up for the NEC is going to be good next year because, you, you um, well, as you come on to mention um, later with Dian, you you know, talked about the fact that our growth are coming down. It's going to be a stronger league and potentially even legal staying in it. But you've got a situation where St. Modens and Kinloch too appear to have been very good in their league, been too yeah. good at, by the looks of things. Um, and you're gonna, you've got who know two, three, four people dropping down um, into Division One from the NEC, um, and I think there really is scope for Division One um, to be very good next year. Um, but you know, as me casting my pitch. Division one has to try and stay as division one. Otherwise, you're going to dilute the pool of talent and you're going to just end up with two divisions where the top half battle the bottom half week in, week out. So that's my pitch for that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your your suggestion to anyone listening as to how next year's next year should look, is it? Just, you know, just <laughs> uh, just things going around the grapevine. Um, we're hearing some silly suggestions, so let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it ends up. I guess. Um, right. Let's move on to the team of the week. I'm not bother singing it. Uh, I was. I was waiting for it. I'd left the pause for that and everything. Ah. Uh. Ah, uh, you didn't uh, do it. Oh, well, it's not happening. Anyway. My colleagues okay. might hear me, and that'd be embarrassing. So. <laughs> right here it is. Then this week's team of the week, and um, Craig Wallace back in that spot where he has spent most of the season. Um, 108 from 101 balls against Watsonians on Saturday. Um, Lewis Monroe, 107 from 51, as you mentioned, and he also took two for 23 with the ball uh, against Stonywood Dice's second 11. Uh, Sammy Ejaz of Strathmore with 55 from 84 and three for 12 from seven overs against Kinloch. Uh, Scott Cameron with performances across the weekend, so 62 from 59. We haven't even spoken about the Scottish Cup final. Oh, dear. Um, that's because uh, things weren't in the right order. Um, but spoiler alert, uh, he also scored 76 uh, from 70 and took three for 30 in their Scottish Cup final victory against Ayr. Uh, Jack O'Neill, three for 17 um, against Watsonians on Saturday and then 52 with the bat against Ayr on Sunday. Dupree's Stander, 57 from 59 balls against Carlton for Stonywood Dice. Um, and then Jack Mitchell, uh 
30 runs from 40 balls, um, which doesn't look that impressive, but I think when you consider what everyone else did in that fixture, um, he was quite comfortably the highest scorer in the game. Um, yeah. And four for four for 17 from eight overs um, against Gordonians. Jack Hogarth, six for 33, as we mentioned, against Watsonians. Um, and he also contributed with the bat against air with 32 from 33 balls. Uh, Hasib Kiani, four for seven from five points. Two uh, overs against Kinloch, another very economical and high wicket taking spell there. There's been a few of them this week. Um, Majid Rashid with another five for four from six overs. Uh, and then rounding off the team of the week, Fergus Duncan um, for four for sure, second 11 for his five for 21 uh, against Perth Ducat. Um, so there we go. I've got a random pop-up on my screen that I cannot seem to get rid of. So that's doing me great favours. Oh, there we go. It's disappeared. Not being able to change the screen back. <laughs> it's just not going well today. Not going well it's at just all. Not, it's, 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 all. It's okay. Don't worry. Relax. It's, it's, it's Friday as we're recording. The weekend yeah. is almost upon us. Yeah, maybe that's the issue. It's my laptop's gone. You don't make me work on a Friday. What? What's that all about? Um, let's let's go and talk about the Scottish Cup final then before we get on to to the player of the week. Um, so yeah, Forfarshire travelled down to Edinburgh um, to take on Air. They put up two hundred and fifty four for nine from their fifty overs. Uh, Jack O'Neill with fifty two and Scott Cameron with seventy six, uh, and then they bowled out Air for hundred and sixty four. Uh, in 42.4 overs. Uh, Grobler of Air was their highest scorer with 75 runs and three wickets each for Scott Cameron and Michael Leask. I mean, Scott's figures, three for 30. He was not for 30 uh, going into his last over and then just decided to wrap it up with three with his last four balls, um, which, yeah, he got rid of Grobler and then just cleaned up the last two very quickly. Um it's good. So. Get a game for it. Eng- England doing that because they can't seem to do that ever. So, <laughs> yeah, full and straight against Tailenders. What know, a mad it's, it's a shockingly amazing tactic that is. Yeah, I know. It's almost like sometimes you knock over their stumps. But anyway, huge congratulations to to Forfarshire, um, who secured the Scottish Cup double, having won the T Twenty Cup last week. Um, so fantastic to see, uh, and well done, well done to all of them. Right. Uh, player of the week. So this week's player of the week, for the first time, is the same as last week's player of the week. Um, so Scott Cameron had uh, another fantastic weekend. Uh, 62 um, against Watsonians and then 76 against Air and that 3 for 30 that we've just spoken about. Um, yeah, uh, another really strong I am delighted to be joined by Aberdeenshire's overseas pro and coach, Deanne Forrester. Uh, Deanne, thank you very much for joining us, or just me, as it is today. Um, mm. How are you getting on? I know, good. Thanks for yourself. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so, yeah, obviously you have come to our attention by having... Uh, quite a, a successful year um, with Aberdeenshire. And we'll get onto that in a little bit. Um, but I guess, first of all, I'd like to mm. speak about 
about you. Um, so can you tell me just sort of a little bit about yourself? Um, and obviously you're from South Africa. Um, so where do you play your cricket back home? All that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm from Pretoria in South Africa. So that is the Titans area where I play. Um, so at the moment I am still studying and I'm playing uh, cricket at the same time. So cricket in South Africa, uni cricket is very, very big. So we play uni and club cricket for the same place. Right. So at the moment, that's what I'm doing there. And then I'm also involved in our um, like county system, but just hoping to break through hopefully sooner or later. Yeah, cool. Um, and I guess, well, how, how did you start? When did you get into the game? Have you been into the game from a, a very young age? Um, yes, yeah, so I started like playing cricket probably when I was six years old. Um, I've always had a desire for it. My granny always used to like tape record uh, when South Africa used to play, and she just put it on TV for me, and I just sit there in the TV, just watch how they used to play and like dive around in the lounge and stuff like that. So it was since uh, since a young age it was a big big passion of mine. Um, and then since then, when I could have, hold the bat, I was I was just hooked. Yeah, yeah, it gets us all, doesn't it? <laughs> mm, no, it, it definitely does. It's a and it's a sport that that it just keeps on giving you. You can be forty years old, fifty years old, and you can still learn about the game. There's no age when you stop learning about it. So, it just yeah. shows you actually how a big impact the game has. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then obviously uh, this summer you've you've spent with Aberdeenshire. Um, how did that come about? Um, so I was always telling my parents I really want to go overseas, but I want to go to England to play because my one of my best mates he's playing in England. Right. And uh, so I went to my coach, and my coach is Kruger van Beek, who used to play at Aberdeenshire. Yeah. And uh, I said to him, I was like, Coach, can I? Play? I want to please go in the off season. I want to go play in the UK. And he said to me, listen, I'll, I'll handle it. Um, uh, I'll set you up with my old club. And literally, I got an email later from Dale, our director from Aberdeen. And he's like, yeah, listen, do you want to have a video call? Let's chat about it. And yeah, that's how I ended up in Aberdeen from to play cricket here. Yeah. Um, I imagine it's um, a lot colder than playing cricket in South Africa <laughs> although I suppose we've had a roasting hot summer this year haven't we um, but I imagine that, that stepping uh, off the plane in April was yeah. a bit of a shock to the system <laughs> um, there's, there's no words to explain it because uh, I was standing there in, when it was just when before I freeze and I was like no man like I'm used to cold and like I like the cold and he's like but you Trust me, that's this is different. <laughs> that first two weeks, that's those first two weeks, I didn't want to leave the flat. I was <laughs> I was so like I had a hoodie like beanie on, puffer jacket, another big jacket. I was just like no, I was just not in my element. It was, it was a different feeling that so I had to adjust to that. But it's like you said, it's been a good summer. I think it's one of the best summers like that's been here in quite a while. Yeah, yeah, it certainly has been. The the amount of cricket that we've actually got in this summer. Um, is unheard of. Um, I think what you guys have lost one game to the weather this summer. 
um, which yes. yeah, is extraordinary because obviously you managed to get that first game in um, at the start yeah. of the season where pretty much everyone else was rained off, but you managed to, to beat the rain mainly thanks to, I think you took a five for that day, didn't you? Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> a, nice, a nice strong start. So I guess, yeah. Um, yeah. How how have you found the the standard of the cricket um, over here? We look at your stats, and um, you've done pretty well. Uh, tied for first uh, on thirty five wickets, tied with your opening bowling partner Lewis Munro. Um, third place in the runs with six hundred and twenty seven, uh, and second in the averages, uh, and just thirteen catches to lead the league in that as well. So you've done superbly well um but yeah how have you found it um it's it's been different so like back home we Kruger always like tries to like train us like professionals because Mm -hmm. he says it's a that's the way forward he's not going to train us to be club cricketers so to come here with a completely different system so like how i see it like the the standard is almost a bit like less competitive but it's harder because it's more nippy uh the pitches are slower so it's like yeah. a completely different game where you have to adapt to because back home it's hard pitches it's bouncy it's quick so like it's completely different so um and also the fact is where back home every single person in our team can win the game alone where yeah more people are looking at you to win the game so it's also a different type of way to bat but yeah. coming back to the standard um it's it's definitely a step lower that I that I was used to, but I had to like quickly adapt because if you don't adapt, you can quickly fall into the system and not um actually do what you need to do. Yeah, and I guess that's something that we see um fairly regularly is that overseas players can come over and take that little time to adapt. Um Although I think there's a few this year yourself, you came over and made an impact uh, an impact instantly. Um, you look at Tian Britz at Strathmore who had yes. an instant impact as well, um, and the two Aussie boys at Huntley as well. Um, actually, so yeah, quite a few that that made the instant impact, which is is good to see, I guess. No, definitely, it's uh like with someone like Tian who also came straight away. And I, like I, what's it, you guys said, he scored a 60 and he scored a 100 and that 100 was against us at the Shire also. Yeah. So it just, uh, just shows you actually like what quality amateur cricketers they are out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think he's a, a particularly special one, but yes, it does. It does. Um, it does show the the, the standard of, of amateur players is, is out there um, for, for the clubs mm. to get, which is good. Um. Yeah. So I guess what's what are your your plans from here? Um, is probably what I'd, I'd like to ask you next. So, um, is it back home and then straight into the summer in South Africa? Um. Yes. So I land on the twelfth, and then that Saturday we're playing against uh, the the SNR nineteen and uh Limpopo as a franchise. So playing a T20 tri- triangle series against them because the 3rd to the 5th of October, if I get picked for it, our varsity is playing in a, in a varsity cup T20. 
Right. So it's straight about, it's straight away back into cricket this summer, and then at the end of October it's league uh, our league starts, and then obviously training with uh, our county system if they like want me to train for the four day season or white ball season. So that's uh, basically the plans going forward when I get back home. Cool. And I guess what's what's your ambitions um, for the summer ahead then? Um, back on the on your on home soil. <laughs> Um, so the biggest thing is, um, firstly to get picked for varsity cup, um, with COVID and everything, uh, we haven't had varsity cup for three years. I added my first year and I didn't, I didn't make the side. So I want to make that very, very badly. Yeah. And then after that, um, put in a few performances and hopefully knock on that door to actually get a, a game to play professional cricket. Um, that's, I think that's every cricketer's dream to be able to say you can play professional cricket. So yeah, just going to keep the head down, keep hopefully scoring runs and taking wickets and then get that opportunity to make the best of it. Uh, Absolutely. That's all you can do at the end of the day. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, do you think you'll have another overseas winter next year? Um, I'm hoping to, yes. Uh, the thing is, I don't know where I will end up yet. Um, I've loved the Shire. Like, it has been an unbelievable experience. And uh, But I don't know at the end of the day where I will be next year. I don't even know if I'll be like allowed to have an off-season uh, next year. Um, if the counties wants to keep me there for for right. not yeah. coming, but um, I've I've loved this experience. It's been it's been unbelievable. So I would definitely recommend anyone to come do it. So uh, I'm hoping to come back. Good. I mean that's fantastic to hear. Um, and I I guess you look across the sides in the league and you do have a lot of returning overseas players. Um, so yeah, I yeah. think most most that come across do seem to to really enjoy the experience which is great yeah it's a it's i was saying to the guys it's a different culture which is so lovely because back home you sometimes forget about what it actually is it's so competitive all the time and yeah you come here everybody plays against each other yes it's competitive on the field but afterwards they chill with each other everybody has a drink with each other and you just chat about the game you chat about everything else and that's part of the that's part of cricket. That's how you learn people, uh, get to know people. So that was just great for me to see. So no, it's uh, I can see why people amateurs and overseas keep coming back here because it's it's nice. You experience something different than the club people. It's also unbelievable. They make you feel like so welcome here. They make you feel like they're family and part of part of their family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do think that side of it. Um, I think it's something that doesn't quite exist as much as it once used to um but i do agree that yes. it is it is the great side of it i mean fundamentally it is it is club cricket that we're playing um yeah. and i think that mm. side of it really has to be to be prevalent it is so important uh, i think no definitely i definitely agree with that yeah um yeah so i guess uh Overall, um, as we said, you had a, a very, very successful year. Um, in terms of your club mates, um, you've had a couple, I mean, 
Lewis Monroe's performed with with bat and ball. Kenny Reid scored a lot of runs as well. Um, about the club specifically, um, I guess Aberdeenshire are a club that um have. I think, and we spoke to Kenny early in the season, um, and they are, I suppose, in a little bit of a, a rebuild mode. Um, they're a club that have historically been one of the bigger sides in the country um, and a, sort of yeah. a, an EPL club. Um, yeah, how, how has it felt this year? That is, that does it feel like the club is moving in the right direction to get back to, to those... those um, well, that league really—they're very close this year, obviously. Um, yes, I would definitely say so. So, if you look at our team, the majority of the times we have, uh, we were a very young team. Yeah, like the oldest player in the team was Kenny. The next person was, I think, was Clark, and the rest was twenty-two-year-olds and fifteen-year-olds, sixteen-year-olds. Yeah. So it just shows you how young the club actually. Um, like at this at this moment of time is at the moment, so I think definitely it is moving in the right direction. Yes, we came short this year um, by one game, yeah. which is which is bad, but it's just how it is. But I would I would definitely say it's going in the right direction. So it's just like keeping investing in the youngsters, having big off seasons with them where you invest in them and you like show them how to do that. And uh, I think hopefully that's. Uh, what we achieved, like what I achieved this year with some of the youngsters, just chatting with them and like doing that for them. Because at the end of the day, bringing a different mindset to them where they also like understand something different. Um, it makes a difference for, for me also because back home, some of, sometimes some of the uh, franchise players play for Tux. And when they yeah. play with us, um, I always go sit with them and I try to suss out as many things as I can because that's how you learn about the game. Yeah, I know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, a fifteen-year-old is not going to come up to me and ask me about cricket. So you go sit; they—they're too afraid about it. So you go sit and chat with them, and they say the shy is moving in the right direction to get back to the EPL. It's just a matter of time when they get back. I think. Yeah, um, we. I think I. I agree overall. Yeah, um, they'll have a, a tough job next year as well with our growth in the league. Um, because you've now got two massive clubs that are going to be. Uh, yeah. vying for that title and then obviously there's the potential that I mean we hope that, that Meagle get promoted this weekend um, but there's the potential that they're still about as well um, so it could be very very tough <laughs> Yeah no definitely uh, obviously Brof has a, also has a long history and then if Meagle not to win this weekend uh, so that, like that's two strong pictures and apparently the leagues are going back to 10 teams next year so you yeah. play home and away yeah, which makes it even better. Like that's nice and like fair league, so like nice and tough game. So no, it, it definitely makes the league a bit stronger. But that's what uh, cricket is for. You strive for having good games and tough games all the time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um. Well, yeah. Um. Thank you very much for for taking the time to chat. Um. It's, it's been really enjoyable to, to chat with you. Um. I wish you all the best. Um, when you head back home, um, and for your your summer of cricket going forward, and we hope to see you again again over here in the future. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. And 
And cheers again to Deanne for joining, well, not us, but Andrew. Um, and apologies to Deanne for having to speak to Andrew. Take it from someone whose years of experience is insufferable. Um, and so much so that for those of you on YouTube, I've just decided to get rid of him. <laughs> it's no, so I'm insufferable not. that 20 years later, you're still speaking to me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, my, my camera's just stopped working, so um, you're just going to get picture of calm's office there um so it's not even yeah. my office that's the worst <laughs> someone's office that you've comedy on <laughs> right um oh let's make this last bit quick <laughs> what's coming that's up last time i'm thinking as well right so we have got prediction time we have no predictions for the week ahead because the nec is finito it is done so uh we will if andrew you can bring up the scores for round 17. Um, and we had Meagle v Dundee High with Meagle winning. Duke defeat to Forfarshire. So I suffered a loss on that one. Um, Fricky are both. We both won. We had a bit of insider information that that game wasn't going ahead. Um, actually, I had it and very kindly shared it with Andrew. Uh, Aberdeenshire and Huntley both <laughs> won, which we both got. Um, and Strathmore beat Kinlock, which um, Andrew lost on. So we both finished with six further points. So, Andrew, bring up the next graphic. Come on. Yeah, on so screen. get to the end so of the I season win. and Callum wins by two points. So Excellent. Held out at yeah, do you like your poo mood? Do you like your poo emojis that I gave? I mean, it? when I spotted them when I was going through the screens beforehand, they did tickle me. I have to say, I did find that quite amusing. <laughs> when I was doing that, when I was doing that this morning, I found that way too funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it was anyway. quite sad, really. Yeah, but yes, so I am victorious. Um, I was never in doubt. You know, I just let you back into the contest. That's all it was. I uh, thought I should make it interesting because you were making it really boring by being so far back. But, you know, and I'm sticking to it. I don't care what you say. That's what happened. Aye, very good. Um, right, yeah. So I suppose that gets us towards the end of the episode. But I think there is one last thing that we need to mention is that Meagle are taking place, uh, are participating in the promotion playoff. Uh, for promotion to the, the Eastern Premier League this Saturday. Uh, the match takes place at Fruki, um, where they face Gala, um, the same side that Falkland faced in the promotion playoff last year. Um, so if you are at a loose end um, on Saturday, then get yourself along to Fruki. Uh, go show your support for Magal. Um And obviously we wish them all the best uh, and hope that, that they can finish strong and get that promotion back into the EPL. Yeah, and I believe it is a color. It is coloured clothes and pink ball, obviously because it's a promotion to the EPL. Ah. So it's it plays the game plays under EPL conditions. You'd have to do that anyway because um, ESCA and the SPCU do not play with the same playing rules. So you kind of that's probably your only real answer to that problem anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and the, when's the grand final? Is that this weekend as well, or is that I can't remember? But. Uh, I couldn't tell you. We've not got we've not I've got not a horse s- in that race, so I've not even watched. I've not even paid attention to, to yeah. when that is. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. yeah, and I suppose the other bit that, of information that we had this week is um, obviously we see the regional stuff is going to be starting fairly soon. And there was the recent yeah. announcement that uh, Jan Stander is the uh, Cali Highlanders head coach and he will be assisted by Harsha Kure. So we've got that to look forward to once the, I was going to say domestic stuff, it's still domestic, but the, the club cricket is finished for the season. But Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's too solid appointments um that that they've got there um so yeah it's, it's good stuff I would agree. Cool, right i think that brings us to the end then um so all the usual stuff please do reach out to us on twitter at dibdobpod uh do like share and review um on youtube or, or whatever platform you choose to watch or listen on um it has been a pleasure speaking to you as ever uh and we will speak to you again.